0: Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores.
1: Uh-huh. Change your mind, you can reach me on your video. Uh-huh. And welcome to Tevin Campbell Track by Track. Today, we're going to be talking about Shhh from I'm Ready by Tevin Campbell. Uh, Recorded June 1992 at Olympic Studios in London um, and then re-recorded a little bit in September 1992 in Paisley Park. Uh, And then re-recorded again in early 1994 at Paisley Park before it was released on the 26th of October 1993 and then released again on the 26th of September, 1995. On the track, you have Prince and Tevin Campbell, or you have Prince and the MPG, uh, which at this particular point consisted of Michael B., Sonny T., Tommy Barbarella, uh, and you have on the horns Eric Leeds, Atlanta Bliss, and Kathleen Johnson, though those are absent from the version that was released by the artist formerly known as Prince. Um, and the track is 4 minutes 15, or it is 7 minutes 18. Uh, joining me to talk about this is Elliot. What is hello, Elliot? Hey there, Darren. I feel like for genre, we can be quite clear that this is baby making music.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I, I, uh, back in my day, we used to call it Quiet Storm, but yeah, baby making music. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Prince is pretty much. Giving you the breakdown of exactly when he's gonna be doing something. Yeah. You know, and if and if you're trying to interrupt him, he sticks his finger to his mouth and implores, Shh, you know, he's he's not gonna be interrupted on this one. No. Um but yeah, I mean, first of all, we have to address the fact that this was recorded by Tevin Campbell. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know,
1: Prince um obviously Tevin Campbell was in Graffiti Bridge. Uh, He did Round and Round, which was featured on Graffiti Bridge, the album, featured in Graffiti Bridge, charted better than Prince's songs from that album. So, Mm. you know, Tevin Campbell, all power to him. Uh, Tevin Campbell, obviously, um, you know, at the time of um, Graffiti Bridge, I have a feeling he was uh, fairly young, probably. um, I mean, I would guess about 13, 14, somewhere around that area. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like a, a teen sensation. Um, You know, he he had been um, seen kind of performing in his uh, gospel choir in his church. And um, then he was discovered by um, a a jazz musician called Bobby Humphrey. Uh, He was signed to Warner Brothers. And then in 1989, he, you know, he worked with uh, Quincy Jones. He had an album that was called Mm. (laughs) T.E.V.I.N. I don't know what those letters were meant to stand for, but I'm guessing the first one probably stood for Tevin. Yeah. And then the second one maybe Evan. <laughs> and so obviously, you know, he did he did quite well. Um, you know, he was you know, he was in Graffiti Bridge, but he also appeared on a number of TV shows, including Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Moesha, um, you know, he was in a goofy movie, he yeah. was on the uh he was actually on the Broadway production of Hairspray in two thousand five where he originated oh, yeah. the role of seaweed uh which i have to say um you know the, the song that kind of introduces seaweed and hairspray um which is i think run and tell that i think it's called mm. um that is possibly my favorite song um, in that entire musical you know obviously when it got to when it was filmed he wasn't in the film version <laughs> no. um though i wouldn't you know i wouldn't have objected to him kind of making a comeback and being in the uh you know the, the film version that would have you know that would have been quite interesting um, but yeah so you know he he he's had a, a fairly good career yeah um you know he made he made the switch later yeah. in life into i mean i, I wouldn't say like uh, adult like r&b but you know he's he's released a couple of albums later in life and obviously he kind of tours as a little bit of a kind of um you know uh nostalgia act yeah uh, you know his first couple his first kind of you know three albums did really well his fourth album, not so well, um, you know. And and since then, he's kind of mostly kind of toured the earlier stuff. Um, Sh itself only got to number 45 when mm. it was released by Tevin Campbell in the Billboard charts, but it got to number eight in the, the R&B charts. Mm. Um, though he had a few other singles after that that were more successful. right? Um, and then, you know, his career kind of went into decline. Uh, because I think the problem is once you're discovered at like 14... Um, then you know you you kind of by the time you get to twenty twenty one, 21, the, I mean you know unless you're a a certain type of individual your career is going to kind of wind down a little bit. Yeah. A kind of acute cute fourteen a year old singer is no longer as cute at twenty. You know, like yeah. Uh, if you don't if you don't kind of do it correctly, the kind of transition into becoming an adult singer can be a little hard.
0: No. Yeah. I was thinking about if there's any anyone any like youth or youthful child musician that has like really kind of grown up and even like now more so you're seeing it in in a way because like there's these like the, the Disney Disney set like uh yeah so, uh, Selena Gomez and now like people are saying you have to pay attention to them and like not really but sure whatever <laughs> but I can't think of anyone in like the, from the early 90s who are really still around the only one i can feasibly think of would have been michael jackson but even by the, the early 90s his career was in decline yeah a bit
1: i mean and... i feel like you're also overlooking um the the majesty that was uh, bobby brown and uh the rest of the, the members of um... uh,
0: yeah i was gonna say that but that, that was the same those kind of like the same thing they, they 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 were able to make that transition from from children to or actually from boys to men yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but out, but outside of like the early 90s you're off the podcast i can't, of... I, can't
1: I can't let that go oh no you're off the podcast. uh yeah no i mean no. i think obviously you know um there were i mean you know new edition they you know they had the hits they they kind of went into decline they split up into the various different kind of groups and then, kind of in the you know the late nineties, they had Home Again, and they kind of reunited, and then they kind yeah. of broke up again, and and then as with Tevin Campbell, they kind of ended up turning into like a nostalgia act, you know. Yeah. And I, I I feel like yeah, like I think some of the kind of obviously you know the tragedy of like child stars from like the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. But by the time we got to the nineties, I feel like people were like I you know we need to take better care of these children <laughs> when they become adults, like. <laughs> It's fine being like, oh, they're a cute nine year old, but once they get to like 15, 16, we've still got to be able to kind of like look after them and kind of let them transition mm. into, you know, a, like have a proper career. They can't just be kind of abandoned, um, you yeah. know, and I feel like there are some kind of like child actors, you know, at this, I mean, Christian Bale, you know, he grew up and there's nothing wrong with him. Um, aside from shouting at people every now and again, yes, um, but, yeah, but you know, I, I feel like that the, there's been this thing of like a lot of the kind of child actors from the 80s and kind of early 90s have had okay careers. Now, you know, there are, there are, it's not just one or two that have kind of managed to you know break through. There are, are a number that have managed to kind of have a, a proper career later on in life, um, you know. And some of them, like that one kid out of Weird Science, they just become a teacher and retire from acting um you know the no. one who isn't the the famous actor still you know like so um being a child star is hard so you know i kind i can kind of understand why tevin campbell you know when it got to like 1993 bearing in mind at this point he's like almost 18 so when yeah, when yeah. he did Shh, he was you know he'd had on his on that album there's actually four prince songs uh, three others including this one you know it's it's kind of interesting um you know that there's that like these songs um, were recorded for Prince, so Prince clearly still had you know a close relationship with him, you know. And the album that this came off, I'm Ready, uh, you know, it, it it managed to go platinum a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So you know, it it did really well. You know, he he had a number of hits off it. You know, everything went well, and then obviously, as we've said, you know, kind of a little bit of a decline. Um, but then yeah. Prince claimed the song back, <laughs>
0: and, yeah. and he
1: put it on the Gold Experience, and he you know, he doubled the length of the song, basically. Um, and the structure of this song is something that I just love so much. I love that opening, mm. like the opening kind of drum fills. Um, it's just like 30 seconds of, you know, Michael B just showing off <laughs> We had lots yeah. of different fills and there's little kind of runs. And then, you know, there's kind of like little stabs going on. And then we get the kind of, this, the kind of, as it finishes, we get the kind of like the little stuttering kind of like triplets and, I don't know. It's just—it's yeah. just like a beautiful opening to the song.
0: It definitely reminds me of uh, TLC's, like the the live version of TLC's uh, "Digging on You." I don't know if you've ever uh, heard I that can't version. Sound um, with it. it just has that kind of same bombastic opening before going into a slow jam. Yeah,
1: um, but I just yeah, love I can, that. And then, and you know, we then get kind of like two and a half minutes of, like you've said, a slow jam. You know, this is Prince kind of like we. But I like in in the kind of like in the drum fills, you get Prince being like, mm. Mm and oh and uh and kind of just like punctuating like the different things and then we get the sh- break it down and then it kind of it almost kind of like floats you know that's what that's the feeling yeah. to me it's just yeah. kind of the, the kind of uh, you know it's uh it's not quite a swing beat but there's certainly kind of like a lightness to it and you know the like michael b's like he, you know he's pounding on them them drums at the start but then he really kind of you know it's just a very gentle drum beat and the song kind of you know Gets into the mood that Prince really wants it in, uh, which is where Prince says, "I don't want nobody else to hear the sounds. This love yeah. is a private affair. Interrupt it's the fair. flow, they better fair. not dare." And then we get a little kind of guitar-like uh, riff coming in there, and then Prince goes, "Shh, mm-hmm. we gotta break it on down." Um, and then we get—I <laughs> mean, I love—I love these lyrics, and I think the funny thing is coming from Tevin Campbell. They kind of make sense a little bit coming from like a, a 36 year old prince. They make slightly less sense, but I still love the way he delivers them.
0: So um, I'll, I'll say for me, it, it's actually kind of backwards. How oh, is it? With, yeah. With Tevin Campbell, it felt weird and kind of inappropriate because he was 17 <laughs> okay. and this I, I'll, for me, it was like this is grown grown folks music. I don't know if I'm OK with you saying do you. After school, like some homework. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. you're seventeen. You have a future ahead of you, young man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know because I think from uh, from a point of view of like a, an eighteen year old Tevin sure. singing singing this to maybe his eighteen year old girlfriend. I think the phrase "I'd rather do you after school like some homework." It's kind of a little bit braggy, but it also feels kind of a bit kind of like something that a teenager might say trying to say like an adult. So that's how it fits with me. But I do also like how we get the introduction of in the daytime. Ha! I think not. Mm. (laughs) It's just like, of course, it's like Prince is doing everything here. He he doesn't want people to hear the sound. He doesn't want him to interrupt the flow. And this is definitely not going to be taking place in the daytime. So I just like how he's putting these restrictions on. Um, And then, of course, he asks, after saying, I'd rather do after school like some homework, he says, Am I getting you hot? And then, you know, when he goes in my bedroom, and he goes, no, because no. then we'd have to stop. And then he says, I'd rather do it. I'd rather wait till everyone's fast asleep than do it in the kitchen on the tabletop. Oh, we've got to break it on down down, 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 down. Can you hear me, girl? And I just I mean, I love as well, you know, like when he says then we'd have to stop. We get my saying, please don't stop. I mean mm-hmm. that like the little kind of interjections. I think that's what makes it great as well is the in the bedroom. No. Like just the little kind of I mean, I love when Prince does this when he when he has a conversation with himself in the song. Um but yeah, and then we kinda go back to the chorus with the break it down. I don't want nobody else to hear the sound. And of course when he says, You gotta hear me, babe, uh, we gotta break it on down and then of course he goes, candlelight, and that's meeting him terribly. But then he goes, No, I don't think so. I don't think and I,
0: so. And I, 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 no, I was gonna say this song for some reason just kind of exists in my psyche, and for the longest time I didn't really know why. But for some reason, especially hearing that line, can't, I think from the from the from the opening chorus, I was like, "Oh, this song's really familiar." And then candlelight, no, I don't,
1: I don't think, think so. so.
0: That's my bad singing. I was yeah. like, "This, I remember this song. I don't know why, because I." Hope my parents did not openly play this around me. <laughs> I'm going to just imagine at best it was played on the R&B station uh, during their uh, quiet storm uh, late night evenings when I was just like like a late night drive or whatever. But I was like, why is yeah. that song so familiar? And that was that was the thing that just kind of really clicked for me when i heard when i was listening to the song again
1: i mean this does feel like the kind of song that you would have like a dj who for some reason starts at 11 and he starts talking about you know this is the bath time mix or something and and you know (laughs) encouraging people to kind of like you know run some bubbles and kind of just listen to these smooth r&b sounds um but yeah so i mean i just i love that as well because the reason he doesn't want candlelight Bearing in mind, this is not taking place during the daytime, and it's not taking place in the bedroom because that would, you know, that means they'd have to stop. Is because the crackle of the flame will just spoil my flow. And I'm like, that is such a specific line, like so very specific. But also at the same time, does a flame that's on a candle really crackle? Like that sounds like something more that would happen with an open fire, you know? Because it's usually it's usually the wood breaking down that causes the crackling. So again, I don't think that's completely correct, but I just love that. Um, and then of course uh, prince says besides i can be your fire baby dripping all over you like a ball of wax relax and let go and then we go back to the break it down i don't want nobody else to hear the sounds and i just i kind of i mean i just love how you know each each verse prince is kind of saying what he's not gonna do Mm -hmm. but but by restricting exactly what he wants to happen It kind of almost like adds to it because it's like, oh, so he he really knows what's going to happen here. Like he has a plan and, you know, he wants to be quiet and he wants to maybe, I don't know, do it in the kitchen on the tabletop. But he doesn't want any light. And Mm. (laughs) so he's kind of set in the mood. But with each line, it's just like, oh, no, no, we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. (laughs) And I just I love I love it. It's it's really weird because obviously with usually with these kind of songs, it's people boasting about what they are going to do and what you know what the mood is going to be <laughs> princey's like oh no no let's let's not go to the bedroom let's just let's just no. start here in the kitchen because we're already yeah. here you know but be quiet because i don't want anyone else to hear this like, it's like it, subtracting design in its own way yeah. That's even the
0: right
1: thing. <laughs> yeah yeah uh now obviously we get all this kind of quiet build-up and then we get the guitar solo about three minutes in we got ourselves yeah. the guitar solo and i i mean i just love this solo so much this first guitar solo, because let's say there's a, there's another one coming down the line, um, yeah. and you know, it, then kind of um, immediately as the solo kind of like f- f- finishes, we go straight back into the verse, um, and it's just it's so beautiful. And then Prince says, "You want a slow jam? Then listen up, girl. I want to whisper music in your ear that'll rock your rock you, rock your world." And then of course this is Do I mean the this best part. This is when um, <laughs> Prince at the time. Let's I mean. Obviously, this is something that I will have discussed you know, before now, but Prince is not called Prince at this point. I keep saying no. Prince, and obviously we all keep saying Prince because we can't say what his name actually was. But this is where Prince says, what's my name, baby? And then we get a little kind of break, and then we have, I love you. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the person he's with can't say his name because, obviously, his name is unpronounceable. But I, mm. I kind of love that. This is one of the things that Prince did a lot on... I mean, maybe too much on the gold experience where he kept talking about Prince Esther Morte, but also where he kept having people asking his name and, you know, not being able to say it. Uh, And that's something that kind of continued a little bit on Emancipation. Um, But, you know, it did start to get a bit tiring where it's like, we get it, Prince. You've got a name no one can say. But in this occasion, (laughs) it's perfect. I just kind of love it. And then this is where we get the build-up as well.
0: uh, Maybe Taylor Swift should have taken after him and, like, instead of saying the old taylor is dead she could have like come up with an uh unpronounceable symbol and then start from there maybe i don't know that (laughs) out there taylor i know you listen (laughs) to the show so just making sure you know
1: um and then this is where prince really builds it up because he goes tonight i'm gonna teach you baby teach you baby teach you baby to scream it and scream it and scream it and scream it ow break it down and i love as well how the kind of as he says teach it baby you have this kind of sample which is playing underneath which keeps kind of like descending and being altered and I don't know. It's it's just a lovely kind of build, um, particularly mm. as you know the uh, you know the the verses kind of start to get a bit louder. The chorus is kind of you know quiet it down, um, and then of course you know Prince says this love, and we get the this is where we start to get the call and response where it's like this love is a private affair, and then Prince is like mm. interrupt the flow. They better not dare. And he's like just you and me, baby. And then he's like are you listening? Um, and then he goes you got to hear me, baby. Hear me, baby. And then this is where we kind of we we build back up again and we have like a another kind of drum solo um, which is kind of like the intro of the song again um, yeah. but this time Prince is really over the top he's like you make me wanna and then he's like there it is oh yeah and it's just like I mean I just love it because he it, it, like the response to what he's singing are the different fills that Michael B is doing. And I just love to imagine him in the studio and Prince is singing the lines. And then Michael B is just like doing the fills, like suggesting that maybe this is, this is the fill that's the response to that. Um, mm. But and it, the thing is it sounds similar to the, the, like the opening, but it's a slightly different set of fills. There's like a lot more kind of like symbol stuff going on. And there's, there's kind of a few more toms being put in there. So it's like Michael B, a wonderful drummer. And, you know, he really gets to show off in this song. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, Prince doubled the length. But most of that is drum fills and guitar solos, basically. Um, You know, that's what he added was like another two two minutes of guitar solos and drum fills. Um, And then you kind of get like the solo about a minute later kind of comes back in. And then the voice kind of joins the guitar. um, And you kind of have like about, you know, 20 seconds of Prince kind of mimicking the guitar and the guitar mimicking the voice. And it's just wonderful, you know it's it's like a it's just i mean everything about this song is just so great uh and then we kind of we kind of get to the outro part uh which um let's say has some kind of interesting lines (laughs) uh but before that we get the down 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 uh where where we have kind of the, the the chords following prince down and over the top of that we have like a keyboard kind of playing almost like a uh I know, like a fanfare over the top. Um, So Mm. you have the down, down, downs with the keyboards, and then you have the fanfare over the top of that. And then it all kind of builds, and then we kind of get to the the kind of the slow finish where we have like the the drum fills coming in, and then we get Prince coming in with the outro lines, which are, (laughs) sex is not all I think about. It's just all I think about you. And then we kind of get like, um, I don't know, like the quiet outro. And then Prince kind of whispers, oh yeah, sex is not all I think about. It's just all I think about. And then we get kind of like the very kind of quiet finish to the the song. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I just love kind of each piece of this song because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Prince, you know, he has like a a little bit of a guitar outro at the end and, you know, you've got a couple of guitar solos, you've got a couple of drum solos. You have this very specific kind of the way that Prince is singing about the subject. Um, And, you know, it's not really a story, but it's kind of just Prince set in the mood. Um, and I think, you know, like for a song that is basically like almost seven and a half minutes, I mm-hmm. don't think it overstays its welcome. You know, I think like if you've ever listened to the Tevin Campbell version, which is an OK version, you know, obviously yeah. Prince did all the instruments and everything. Um, I You know, I think it, it feels OK. But at four minutes, 15, it does feel like a little short. It feels like they kind of gave up on <laughs> on kind of really fleshing the song out like Prince kind of recorded mm. it and was like yeah that'll do but then when Prince took it back he was just like let's really if we're having this song and we're taking it back let's make a statement let's go with it yeah let's really kind of get out there and do something with it uh, and i kind of really admire that cuz technically speaking this is essentially a cover version yeah. but it's not really a cover version because what prince does to it like really kind of transforms the song um, and you know it's worth saying as well like Uh, you know the the kind of the the band at this point you have like a live sound that the mpg have Mm -hmm. and so it it, like there's there are little kind of touches of keyboards and stuff in the song but it really feels like a live band in a studio kind of really you know michael bland really kind of going to town on those drums and and everyone else kind of really um you know doing stuff that's why i say when you know prince when that when they have the fills the second time the drum fills and prince is adding little vocalizations in it does feel like he's in the studio looking at michael Bland. And doing that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I just love about this song.
0: I'll say early on when I was re-listening to this song, there was a part of me that was like, this is really bloated. (laughs) But the more you're talking about it, it does make me kind of think, well, the way he's owning it isn't necessarily just like adding more to make more for the sake of it or overproducing it. You know, he has his own kind of control over or this is how he think this is how he wanted the song to be. And yeah. they just had to kind of make some changes for Tevin, for his age, for what they were going for, but now this is what how Prince is owning the song. So yeah. that's kind of where
1: I, I said. You have a lot of MPG operator. You probably have mm. way too much MPG operator for my liking. Um but you, it's it's telling that you go from endorphin machine, um, which is you know, a kind of big bombastic song, uh, and then you go straight into shh. And then as soon as finishes uh, and you get that kind of little quiet fade out, you immediately go into We March. This little run of songs, this is like the only time on the album where you get three consecutive songs without the MPG operator kind of interrupting in between. Yeah. You know, until you get to Shy and then Billy Jack Bish and then I I Hate You. Like After this, you get a lot of kind of interruptions in between songs. But it's interesting that this is the point early on where Prince is like, okay, here's a run of songs. And then, you know, towards the end of the album, you get kind of a similar thing. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, I just love this, you know, I mean, I enjoy Endorphin Machine because Prince Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of goes crazy on the vocals for that song. Um, And I I find We March to be a bit kind of pedestrian, um, you know, which might have to do with the fact that it's kind of done to a marching time which obviously I'll get into in the next episode but yeah. I just kind of love I just love how kind of big and over the top this song is and it's worth it's worth knowing that this is essentially the longest song on the album because even though gold is 7 minutes 23 like the last like Minute and a half of that is just a fade out, <laughs> like that it, is like it's a really kind. of... I mean, he's really kind of trying to imitate. As I'll get once I get to that song, I'll really go into that. But it's really kind of copying the template of Purple Rain and going right. for like a really long kind of fade out. And it, it doesn't kind of work in the same way. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, this is really this is the longest song in the album. But I mean, I just I just love it so much. I mean, it's, for me, a clear five out of five. I just I just lo- I just love the fact that this is Prince. And bearing in mind, you know, um, at the at the time, obviously, R&B was, was huge. You know, you're yeah. talking the mid-90s. Like, anyone who was anyone was putting out, um, you know, kind of really big R&B songs. And this also, you know, the kind of the, the boom of this kind of also led into stuff like New Edition reforming. Because they were like, yeah. well, now we're all adults. Let's get back together and let's do some of this kind of like, you know, adult contemporary R&B. And kind yeah. of let's get in on that. Um, so I, I just like that this is Prince's take on that kind of genre. Prince is like, okay, yeah. this is what this is what you know baby making music is meant to sound like you know, listen to Prince teach you how to do it you know
0: I'll give it a 4.5 it, it's I there are still minor reservations. I think what you're just talking about with how um, artists like New Edition were making uh, or just who was making contemporary soul music at the time, hearing this, it it feels a little bit, and it's kind of weird to say, a little bit like a parody of Prince or how we think of Prince. Yeah. Uh, Like, here's this horny guy who makes sex music all the time. And even though, like, it's... That's true, partially. uh, and There's just a part of it that just always kind of rubbed me a uh, a bit of, like, the wrong way when I think about it, when I think of Prince that way because I think of him as just this this very talented person. He's not just a character of just like this massively horny guy. He's a lot of things. Um but I but just talking about it more and going through a lot more with it, I think it kind of raised where it was originally. I definitely give it a, a four point five. But it's just those it's it's the things outside of the song that influence it that kind of take away the the point uh, five. Or, yeah point yeah, five. I
1: mean to put it into context, you at this particular time you had like uh, This is how we do it by Montel Jordan, Free yeah. like Up Me, Adina Howard. Um, you know, you, you had kind of um <laughs> you had, you know, R. Kelly, obviously kind of at yeah. the top of his powers. You have like uh, Boys to Men with One Sweet Day, you know, uh you have Gangster's Paradise, obviously one of the biggest selling songs. Uh, you know, Shy Guy from from Bad Boys, that classic nineteen ninety five film. Uh, you know, Bone Thungs and Harmony, Raphael Sadiq, mm. you know, th- that's that's kind of you know where you're at, and you also have Mariah Carey doing, uh, fantasy with like you know old Dirty ODB. bastard, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of on the song. So like, there's you know, it feels like you know this this whole like kind of genre was really starting to kind of take off, and you know there was yeah. like a ton of like number ones that were like you know R and B songs. Um, you know, you also had like you know D'Angelo and stuff like that going on, and yeah. you know, obviously Janet Jackson was also kind of uh, for some reason releasing songs where you could barely hear her voice um and and kind of going for that sound. um, you know, and i I think it's kind of telling um you know that the the prince I mean, he's not trying to be like those kind of right, artists right. but at the same time, you know it does feel a little bit like he's hearing, I mean, obviously at the time you also had you know D'Angelo brown sugar. Uh, Prince has actually kind of talked about how much he loved D'Angelo. So Mm. maybe there's a little bit of that where Prince is like, oh, so maybe if I was to do a D'Angelo song, this is what it would sound like. And he's kind of been like, oh, and Tevin Campbell isn't really doing anything with this anymore. I'll have this back and I'll turn it into kind of like an almost a D'Angelo type song. Yeah. So, But yeah, I mean, I just I love this song so much. I was going to say I couldn't find any covers, but obviously that's a lie because... We know that it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this is this is a cover, and I don't think anyone else other than Prince has tried to kind of cover Shh, and take kind of take it back from Tevin Campbell. Uh, no. I feel like people must have seen it and been like, "Oh, Tevin, Prince gave no. you a song, and then he took it back and he made it better." So uh, no one else has kind of touched it, um, you know, since. And I think Prince, you know, like I said, he toured the Gold Experience and he played this song, you know, regularly on on that tour and the tour that followed. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, so for about you know two years he kind of played it a lot and then he he kind of dropped it until about 2003 and then he kind of brought it back and he played it on you know a number of the tours after that uh, mm-hmm. and you know from what i understand from people who saw this live uh this song was amazing live to hear prince okay. kind of like the vocals prince is really i mean we haven't really said this but all, he he's really kind of working out his vocals on this as well you know like yeah. it's really kind of so you know it is it is like an amazing song live um And, you know, I just I mean, I just really enjoy listening to it. And also, I think at this point, Prince was, you know, we're about to get into emancipation, which obviously has so many different genres that Prince attempted. Uh, So it's kind of nice that he's a little bit more focused on something that's actually kind of would suit him better. You know, like I feel like if he'd have just at this point made the transition into just being like, you know, an R&B contemporary adult pop star, he could have easily done that for another 20 years and people would have just been like okay we're happy to just have these these yeah. albums that are just all R&B kind of baby making music uh, but as it was he couldn't kind of rest he had to kind of try everything um, so you know it, yeah. it's kind of interesting that this is his, his kind of his biggest attempt at this particular, you know, genre of song, um, but yeah, I mean, I just love it so much. You know, yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. one of my favorites. So I feel like we said it as much as we can about this song. Yeah. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug?
0: Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at eh Wallace. You can also find my Instagram for uh, my health kind of Instagram. It is the Elliot Wallace.
1: And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us. Not sure why you would, unless you're Tevin Campbell. If you're Tevin Campbell, email us. Uh, at princetrapbytrack at gmail.com otherwise thanks once more for being my guest Elliot
0: thank you very much
1: and otherwise yes you are now an official member of the new power generation welcome to the dawn